We were not created to live stagnant lives, to be stuck, bound, or broken. We were created with a purpose, a calling, a mandate, a mission. Even in these uncertain times, that calling remains the same. To go into the world, to make disciples, to share the love of Jesus. This is the work of Easter. The greatness of God, the power of the resurrection in action. What Jesus did has changed us made us a new creation, given us an unimaginable hope. Grace has taken root. Mercy has flooded our souls. And the promise of eternity has redefined our everything. So why keep all that to ourselves? It's time to put Easter in motion, to make a difference, to share Jesus with the world around us. If your life has been changed, it's time to get to work. Yeah, back to life. Come on, church. We back to life this morning. Excuse me, set up real quick. Back to life. How many of you guys have enjoyed this series? I've enjoyed this series greatly. Um, I think it's perfect timing as the seasons are changing, right? The, the birds are singing. The, the grass is growing. Some of you guys like, I'm not sure about the grass growing part because that means i got to mow the grass. But the grass is growing. The, the trees are budding. The flowers will bloom. And uh, I believe the same thing is happening in the church. We are, more people are coming back to church and our gatherings. And, and people are connecting again. And people are growing and taking steps closer to God. Amen? Even coffee's back. How many of you guys enjoy coffee? I'm going to confess, I don't drink coffee. I'm a water drinker. I'm a social drinker when it comes to coffee, right? I'll socially drink with people with coffee. I was told when I was a kid, now how many of you guys ever heard this? I was told as a kid that if you drink coffee, it will stunt your growth. That's what I was told. My dad's like, if you drink coffee, it'll stunt your growth. And so I never drink coffee. I'm serious. That's one of the reasons why I never drink coffee. And I end up being short and bald anyways. And so... I don't know what's up with that. And so, anyways, I don't drink coffee every once in a while. But before I get ahead of myself, I'm going to introduce myself. I am Pastor Eric. I am the worship and facilities pastor here at Bethany. And um, I just came on staff officially about two months ago. I think it will be here this week, two months ago. And I came in November and I was helping out for a few, for a few months. And then God had called us and led us. And, and uh, we are so glad to be part of this team. Can I tell you something? We have an amazing team. Our, our staff, our volunteers, our church, we have an amazing team. Yeah, you can clap. They are an amazing team. Even this uh, last couple of days, last night I was, as I was praying and still finalizing things, I got all these texts. Almost each one of our staff members texted me, Pastor Eric, I'm praying for you. Pastor Eric, you got this. Pastor Eric, God's going to use you. And it was so encouraging. That's the team that we have. And so I am so blessed and honored to be part of this team. Um, can I tell you this too? We have an incredible pastor and pastor's wife. We are blessed, church. Yeah, we are blessed. Pastor Brian and Kasha are amazing. I know they're not here with us this morning. Maybe they're watching online. Uh, 
Kasha went down, I think about a week ago or so, she had a family wedding, and then Pastor Brian was in a conference in Florida, now they're together with their daughter Jordan. So if they're online, can we just show them appreciation this morning? Come on. Do we love our pastor and his pastor's wife? They are amazing. And I'll tell you this, church, they have a genuine love for the Lord. And they, they demonstrate it in their leadership, in their marriage, and in their family. And uh, I've had a few uh, days this last week to spend at their home. Pastor Brian was gone, so I was like, party at Pastor Brian's house. No. He said, he said would, you, would you like to come stay at our house? Because typically, uh, I stay at my mom's. My mom still lives in Adrian. I was born and raised in Adrian. Go Maples! Right? I'm a maple, and uh, which I don't know why we were leaves, but anyways, we were maples. And so he said, would you like to stay at our house this week? And I said, sure. And so uh, I stayed there a couple nights, and I got to hang out with the boys, uh, Gabe and Josiah. And uh, we just had a great time. My wife, I was sharing in the first service, my wife came to me, uh, I think it was yesterday even. She was, babe, what are you doing? You're spending all this money on food. I said, what are you talking about? She said, you said you got pizza for you and the boys. I said, I did. She goes, you got three pizzas. And I'm like, they're big boys. Like, it's like, you know, like we all kind of had our own pizza and we kind of all ate them. I'm just being honest. And, and we, even had those, we even had those domino bites. You know what I'm talking about? We got the 32-pack. And, and I told the first service, it's kind of like manna from heaven. Those things are so good. And, uh, and so I just had a great time hanging out with the boys. And they are great young men. And, and what, what was cool is this. We were having conversations and we we're talking about ministry and church and life and I wasn't a pastor's kid, and, and I was thinking about my kids as being pastor's kids, and, and I was talking to Gabe, I said, what's it like being a pastor's kid, and, you know, all the things you hear, and we had this really good conversation, and I'll say this, that Pastor Brian and Kasha are genuine. What, what you see on the stage is what happens in real life. They, 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 they are leaders in their marriage and their family, and they're raising healthy kids who love the Lord, and um, they, they just are incredible, and so I can't say it enough. I thank you so much for Pastor Brian for letting me share this morning, um, and, and I'll say this, they love you. They love you, church. They genuinely love you. They love you. They love this community. It's not their job. Listen, it's not their job to love you. That's their heart. They genuinely love you. I can say that. And so, anyways, moving on. All right, we're moving on past that mushy stuff. But I'm just so appreciative of our pastor and his wife. And um, back to life. Back to life. Let's get back to the message this morning. Three weeks ago, we started this series. It was Easter Sunday. Uh, and the focus is this, that God takes what's dead or what's dying, and he brings things back to life. And so we had three areas we talked about already this morning. And so we're going to wrap up that series. But before we do, I want to just kind of refresh us as we get into God's word. Week one, we talked about spiritually. God's taking spiritual things and bringing them back to life. We were in Romans chapter 6 that, that week. And so we are actually in Romans right now in our soap session. How many soapers are out there? Any soapers out there? Don't be ashamed of you guys. Some of you guys are like, mm. so any soapers out there? If you don't know what that is, you're like, that sounds weird. Let me explain. Soap is this. Soap stands for scripture. Um, I'm going to get it wrong. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And so every day as a church, we read God's word together. Just one chapter a day. And what's really cool is that somebody from the staff uh, leads a discussion online. You can catch it on Facebook or on YouTube Monday through Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning if you want to catch it live. If not, you can catch it later on. And it's just incredible with the, the being God's word together, isn't it? We encourage one another. We, we explore God's word together. And it's amazing when people share how different people can maybe hear or see things that we don't see. I, I love it. So every time um, we have soap session, I just think that God is speaking and doing incredible things. We know this, that God's word is the foundation of our faith. Amen? And so it's so important for us to get into God's word. But we're in Romans right now. But Pastor Brown was in chapter 6. And he had this verse. I want to read it for you guys this morning. Chapter 6, verse 11. He says, 
So you should also consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Let me tell you this. Without Christ, we were spiritually dead. How many of you guys agree? Without Christ, we were spiritually dead. We were stuck in our sin. But Jesus came and he died on the cross for our sins. It says three days later he was resurrected. He was alive. Listen, we sing about it this morning. It's not just a song that we sing. Our Savior is alive today. He's alive this morning. He sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. It says he was resurrected. It says when we confess our sins that he forgives our sins and his spirit lives within us. We are no longer slaves to our sins. But we have new life through Jesus. Amen? Romans says this, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, Jesus rescued us. He rescued us from sin and death and he gave us life. How many of you guys are thankful this morning? Come on. I'm so thankful this morning. I love communion. I love that time that we reflect on what Jesus had done for us. And so, Spiritually, we were spiritually bringing things back to life. Sorry, my page turned. That was weird. And so spiritually, we too, we talk about our emotions. We are emotionally bringing us back to life. Listen, we were created with emotions. How many of you guys are emotional? All right, some of you guys are emotional. Some of us express our emotions more than others on the outward. Um, I had this picture in my mind of somebody expressing their emotions. I, I've been in scenarios where you, you can walk maybe in a living room and you see somebody crying. Like, what are they crying about? They're bawling and they're watching TV. Like, what are you crying about? And it's one of those dog commercials. You know what I mean? Where the dog's like missing an eye and its arms and legs. And I just wish we could save all the dogs in the world. <laughs> you know, here, here, here's my emotion. I'm like, I wish we could just put them out of their misery. Poor dogs. Right? That's my sympathy. <laughs> Some of you guys are giving me dirty looks. You're being emotional, right? Listen, God gave us emotions. It's okay to have emotions. Jesus demonstrated emotions. We can read it through the, through the Gospels. Emotions are okay. Jesus expresses emotions. But can I tell you this? Our emotions can be dangerous. Our emotions, our, our feelings can be deceiving. Sometimes what we feel isn't always real. Right? Something we feel isn't always real. The feeling's real. My wife told me this a long time ago when we first got married. We were just newly married, I don't know, even maybe just a few months. And I can't even recall the situation, but she was really upset about something. She was crying, upset. And I'm like, what are you upset about? She's like, one of those moments, like, I just don't know. I'm just really emotional right now. And I was like, well, just stop. And she's like, I can't. I'm just emotional. I don't know why. I'm like, I don't know, but can you just turn it off? She's like, like, it's my emotions, it's my feelings. I'm like, well, just don't do it anymore. Think about something else. She's like, this is just what I feel. And she said something. She goes, my emotions are my emotions. And she was right. Right? I wanted her to change it, but her emotion, what she was feeling was what she was feeling. And listen, when we feel things, it's what we feel. But sometimes our feelings don't align with reality. Sometimes we can be in a low spot, right? We get in those valley spots. We get in those low spots in life, and we start talking like this. Nobody likes me. Nobody cares. Remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Might as well just go hide in the closet. Right? We're like a negative narrative. Of our emotions are telling us that there's nobody else in the world that cares about us. Not one person. Not your wife. Not your kids. Right? Nobody cares. We're all by ourselves in this world. Or emotions can deceive us the other way. They can say, I'm the best. Life is easy. I don't have a problem in the world. I'm the happiest person ever. Everything's so good. Until it's not, right? 
if we start looking at that life through our emotional filter, the way we view things isn't accurate anymore. We don't see things clearly, or we only see what we want to see. So our emotions are from God, but we got to be careful with our emotions. Pastor Brian said this, people who are guided by their emotions often walk away from Jesus. It's good. I was thinking about this, and I just turned 41 a couple weeks ago. And I, I don't look a day over 50, I know. And, um, and so I just turned 41. Some of you guys got that. Some of you guys will get it later. And uh, I just turned 41, and I thought about it. Like, I've been serving a ministry longer than I've not. I've been serving a ministry for like 21 years, 22 years, right out of high school. And it's really crazy to think about that. And the sad thing is this. When Pastor Brian said, people are guided by their emotions, often walk away from Jesus, I've seen it so many times. They were in a hurt place, they were in a struggle, and they felt Jesus coming. He rescued them, and then life was good, but then reality came in. The struggles didn't go away. The situations didn't change, and their emotions were like, hey, this is so good. He's going to make everything better, but then reality's still there, and then they walk away from the Lord. We have to be careful of our emotions. Here, here's the thing. God's word keeps our emotions in check. God's word is accurate and true. It's not based on feelings. It's the foundation that we can stand on. So we got to get back to life emotionally. Last week we talked about this, week three, mentally, mentally bringing us back to life. And Brian, Pastor Brian started with this statement. He says, the biggest battle we are facing is in our minds. It's true. Think about it. The biggest battle we're facing is in our minds. Because here's the reality. The battle for your soul has already been won. Jesus already de defeated death and sin and hell. Jesus has already opened the door, and he's given the, the answer through his word, and the Holy Spirit dwells within inside of us. The battle has already been won, church. Here's the question. Do you believe it? Do you live it out? Too often we let our mind and our thoughts control us. He had this quote from, from Craig Rochelle. It said this, your life is going in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Man, that's a great statement. Your life is going in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Here's my question this morning. Where are your thoughts leading you? Where are your thoughts leading you this morning? Are they positive thoughts? Are they negative thoughts? Are we walking with the mind of Christ? Or are we walking in our own mindset? Where are our thoughts leading us this morning? 2 Corinthians tells us this. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love that. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. When those things come our way, when we have those negative thoughts, nope, I'm not going to have that, God. I'm taking it captive. When we, when we see that thing, we shouldn't see, God, I'm taking that thought captive, right? We make every thought obedient to Christ. Back to life. We are spiritually taking steps back to life. We are emotionally taking steps back to life. We are mentally taking steps back to life. We are one step closer, and I love that. I remember when I was in Marshall, and I was passing the church in Marshall, and it was, it was about the same time Pastor Brian had come here to the church, and I saw his thing and said, one step closer, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's so good. Why didn't I come up with that? I was like, one step closer. That's what we do. One step. But here's the thing, church. It's not just one step. It's continued steps. I hope you're continuing to take steps closer to Christ, to be what Christ wants you to be. And so that's what we're doing. Back to life, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, we're taking steps closer. Today, as we conclude the series, we're talking about physically coming back to life. We're going to talk about healing this morning. Physically coming back to life. If you've got your Bible, can you go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 9 this morning.
You can use your cell phone as well. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of a digital guy now. I don't know the last time I brought my Bible into a service. But sometimes there's something about the Bible. You guys ever just get your Bible out? There's something about the pages and just getting like into the physical word of God. I don't know. But we're so used to digital. But Matthew chapter 9, it's going to be a long passage this morning. And you can bear with me. I'm not the greatest reader. But let me give some context before we jump in. Jesus was talking with some of John the Baptist's disciples. And they're talking to Jesus. And they say, Jesus, listen, your disciples don't fast. And how can they don't fast? And Jesus is kind of explaining. He gives them some parables. And says, while they're talking, let's jump in verse 18. It says this. As Jesus was talking, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter just died, he said. But you can bring her back to life again. If you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around when he saw her. He said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's house, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. This girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. Said, but the crowd laughed at him, and after the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went back and took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. And after Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went to the house where he's staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told them, We do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened, they could see, and Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anyone about this. But instead they went out and spread all of his fame over all the region. And when they left, the demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak, and the crowds were amazed. And they said, nothing like this has ever happened in Israel. Can we pray this morning? Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word is the foundation. It's not based on opinions, Lord. It's, it's living, it's active. Your word does not return void, Lord. It changes lives. And Holy Spirit, I pray this morning as I give your word that you would speak the words through me. Lord, I pray for our ears and our, to hear what you want to speak, for lives to be changed. Lord, we would be one step closer to God. You would bring us back to life. Lord, we pray these things in your holy name. Amen. I love that scripture we read right there. Boom, 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 boom. Four healings consecutively right in a row. It's amazing. Can you imagine the disciples walking with Jesus, seeing this, then this, then this, then this. It's, like, it's an amazing passage. We read about four healings, four miracles, four completely different needs. You, you had the father whose daughter died. You, you had the woman with the issue of bleeding for 12 years. You had two men who were blind, and then you had a man who was a mute, demon-possessed man. They had four radically different needs, but they had three things in common. The first thing is this, is that they approached Jesus. The one thing they had in common is they approached Jesus. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been afraid to approach someone? I have. Have you ever been afraid to approach someone? Maybe, maybe you've had an opportunity to be around someone you admire. Or maybe somebody famous and, and you saw them and, and you wanted to go talk to them. Maybe you wanted an autograph, whatever it was. And you saw them and you thought about it like, oh, man, I'm not sure. I might say something stupid. I might do something dumb. I'm not sure. I really want to go see them. I don't know. And you think about it and you debate it back and forth, back and forth. And next you know, you missed the opportunity and they moved on. You're like, ah, oh, I missed the opportunity. We waited too long. We missed it. Maybe you've been in a situation where you, you needed to ask for something. 
You wanted to approach somebody, you need to ask them. Maybe you were going through a financial struggle and you're like, man, I just need to ask to borrow some money. I'm in a tight spot right now. And, but you're like, you start thinking about it, like, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to bug them. I don't want to ask them for that. Maybe, maybe you wanted to approach your boss and ask for a raise. Or maybe, maybe you want to ask your, your boss for a vacation. Like, listen, I've been working really hard and, and I want to have a vacation. But you're like, man, I'm not sure about it. What if they say no? And what if I look dumb? And right, you go through that whole situation again. Or maybe what if they don't, can't help me? Or maybe just in life, you need help with things, just daily things, and, and you're afraid to ask people. You're afraid of that rejection. I'm going to be real honest. That's where I sit. There's a lot of times in my life I don't ask for help. I'm like, you know what? It's not because of my pride, but it's like, you know what? I don't want to bug them. They're busy. If I'm busy, they're busy. I'll just figure it out myself, and I'll figure out a way, and, and they got other things going on, and we just, we just don't ask. Even simple things like, like moving. How many of you guys like to move? Anybody? Man, I struck out twice. Nobody likes to move. I was hoping somebody would raise their hand because hopefully soon I'm going to be moving and I wanted to call on your name when you raise your hand this morning. Oh, there we go, Bart. There we go. I got one. Nobody likes to move. It's terrible. That's probably the reason why I haven't sold my house yet. Anyways, it's, nobody likes to move. But we're afraid to ask for help sometimes, aren't we? We're afraid to reach out. What if they say no? What if they can't help? And so we don't ask. Instead, we just struggle. We just struggle. Or maybe, maybe your approach with people is this. Maybe you've wronged someone or maybe someone's wronged you or hurt you or you've hurt someone. And you don't approach them. You actually do everything you can to avoid them. You know what you did to that person. You know what they did to you. And you're like, I just, I just don't want to be in the presence. I, 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 that thing I did to them, I don't feel like I could even talk to them. How could they ever forgive me? How could they ever talk to me again? How could they ever do anything with me again. And we just avoid it altogether. We just, we don't approach, we just avoid. Here's the thing, in our life situations, that's how we tend to approach things. But here's the thing, we tend to respond to God in the same ways. We don't wait to respond. God stirs something in us by his Holy Spirit, he stirs something to us, and we want to respond, and we just wait and we miss opportunity. Or sometimes God wants us to ask for help, and instead of asking for help, we just struggle. Or, or sometimes God, God wants us to come to him and instead we just live with all of our guilt and our shame and we just avoid God altogether. Too often we don't approach God. But I want to look at these four people and I want to look at how they approached. The first one is this. I want to talk about the woman with the issue of bleeding. So 12 years, that's a long time. 12 years she had nonstop bleeding. Twelve years she had dealt with this physical need in her life. I'm sure she went to the doctors. I'm sure she traveled place to place trying to figure out some kind of answer, some kind of solution. She invested her time. I'm sure she invested her money. And still, no answer. Still suffering with this condition. But she probably heard that there's this guy... This guy named Jesus who's going around and doing miracles and, and people are being healed. And she says, you know what, maybe it's my last ditch effort. Maybe if, I, maybe if I can get to Jesus, maybe he can do that for me. And so she goes out and she gets where Jesus is at and the crowd's there. It says the crowd was all around Jesus. And she, she might have been hesitant. She might have said, oh, you know what, man, that guy, I don't know what to say to him. I, I don't know what to do. But it says, no, it says she pressed through the crowd. So she pressed through the crowd, and she didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to say, but she said, I don't know what to say. But if I could just get to Jesus, listen, church, if I could just get to where his presence is at, 
She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I could be healed. And she works her way to that crowd, and she touches his garment, and she's healed. What's amazing about that story is this. Jesus is there, and he's going to the crowd, and, and he says, somebody touched me. If you read in the Gospels, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he says, he says somebody touched me. And they said, the disciples said, Jesus, people are touching you everywhere. We're in a heavy crowd, and people are touching you. He says, no, this is different. Somebody touched me, and I felt power go from me. And he looks, and he sees a woman. He says, don't fear. Your faith has made you well. She responded in her approach to God. She just believed I could just touch him. Even though maybe she didn't know the right words to say, the right things to do. So if I could just get in his presence, I know he could change my life. Church, I want to tell you this morning, you might not know the right things to do. You might not know the right things to say. But if you can just get in God's presence, I believe that God can do something in your life. If you can just be in his path, God can do something in your life. Next we had the man with his daughter and the two blind men. In our approach to Jesus, sometimes we don't ask for help, but that's exactly what these guys did. If you read the Gospels, I was reading through Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's the Gospels. It's the story of Jesus' life. And some, some of them are more detailed than others. So in Luke, we taught the sto- same story. And we found the, the, the man's name, the synagogue leader, his name is Jairus. And it said that when he went to Jesus, his daughter wasn't quite dead yet. She was dying. They thought she was going to die. And so Jairus went to Jesus and said, Jesus, my daughter's dying. My daughter is dying. Would you come? And I believe you can just come. If you can just touch her, I know that she'll live again. See, he wasn't afraid. He took the opportunity. He says, I'm going to ask Jesus. I need help. And so the story says this, that Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house to go touch his daughter. And as he was on his way, that's when they ran to the woman with the issue of blood. And that's when she's healed. And it says they get to Jairus' house. But before they get to Jairus' house, excuse me, before they get there, Jesus heals this woman. And one of Jairus' leaders comes out and says, listen, Jairus, here's the thing. Your daughter's dead. And it actually says these words. It says, don't bother the master anymore. Don't worry about it. It's too late. I know you came out to get Jesus. I know we believed that he was going to do something, but now your daughter's dead. And Jairus could have easily just accepted that. He could have said, you know what, Jesus, thank you for your time, but my daughter's dead. You continue to do what you're going to do. I guess I'm just going to go bury my daughter. And Jesus encouraged him, listen, Jairus, your daughter's not dead. She's only asleep. She's just sleeping. So they go to the house, and Jesus touches her and says she walks, and she's healed. It says when Jesus leaves the house, it says there's these two blind men. And now listen, these blind men, obviously they couldn't see Jesus, but I'm sure like everyone else, they heard the stories about this man who was bringing healing, and they thought to themselves, man, he could restore our sight. I know he could if we could just get to Jesus. And so they get, they hear the crowds, and I'm sure as they, they hear the crowd louder, like we must be getting close. We must be getting close to where Jesus is at. And Jesus is, is walking, and they're trying to get to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And they cry out to God. They cry out to Jesus. They shout out to Jesus. And what's weird about the story is I thought about that. He doesn't stop. Jesus continues to go to the house that he's staying at. I don't know why Jesus didn't stop. Maybe he couldn't hear them in the crowd. But they, they, they continued. I want you to get this morning. They were in pursuit of Jesus. They were in persistent pursuit of Jesus. And it says they just followed behind him. And Jesus got to the house where he's staying at. And they were so bold that they even walked into the house. That's boldness. That's some confidence, isn't it? 
They're crying out to Jesus and like, we're just going to keep following him. We're going to keep following Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. We're going to go. And he's going this way. I can hear him. And they walked in the house and Jesus saw their faith. And he said, do you believe I could heal you? Yeah. He touched their eyes and restored their sight. They were in persistent pursuit of Jesus. Church, I want you to get that this morning. Sometimes we don't receive because we don't ask. And sometimes we got to be persistent. Jesus, come on. I know you can do it. God, I know you can do this. God, I believe. We don't give up at that first cry out. We continue to seek God. We approach him. We ask him for help. They were persistent in their approach to Jesus. And then we have the third man. The man is demon-possessed. He says he can't speak. He's possessed, demon-possessed. And this one's interesting. We're talking about our approach to Jesus. This man didn't even approach Jesus. It says the man was brought to Jesus. I mean, he's demon-possessed. He wants nothing to do with Jesus. It says he was brought before Jesus. He was mute and possessed. Even if he wanted to ask for help, he couldn't, couldn't speak. And if there was anyone in the world who wanted to avoid Jesus, it would be that man. He had a demon inside of him. Everything about this man's approach to Jesus was not in his favor. The enemy was working against him. And I think this in our lives, we have that same approach to God sometimes. The enemy uses everything against us. He tells us things like this, you're not worthy. You're just a sinner. He brings up all the guilt and all the shames that we go through and all the things that we struggle with. He said, you don't deserve God. You don't deserve healing. You don't deserve his peace. You don't deserve to be set free from this. You're never going to change. You're always going to be the same. And he uses everything against us. Listen, I don't know what demons you have in you, but God can do all things. When he sat before the king of kings, when he sat before Jesus, he caused him to speak and the demon to be gone. He cast it out. I don't care how far gone you may think you are, there's nothing that Jesus can't do. You're never too gone, gone too far that Jesus can't do something in your life. God takes the dead things and he brings them back to life. We need to approach him. We need to ask him. Matthew 7 says this. Matthew 7, verse 9. says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask them? Man, that's good. That's good. When I had kids, I was talking to Pastor Bryce, I don't know, a month ago. We, we went out for lunch. I said, Pastor Bryce, you know what was a game changer in my life in my walk with the Lord when I had kids? When I understood my love for my kids, I would do anything for my kids. I love my kids unconditionally as, a, as an earthly father. And what that did for me is understand that even in my sinfulness, even when I make mistakes and I'm not a perfect dad, how much I love my kids, how much more does my father love me? And it came reality for me. God, Listen, God loves you, church. He's our heavenly father. He's perfect. He has good things for his children. We need to approach him. We need to ask. If we want to see physical things brought back to life, we need to approach and ask our Heavenly Father. So I encourage you that. 
approached Jesus. The second thing they did is this. They believed. Not only did they approach Jesus, they believed. They believed that Jesus could bring healing. Listen, we call that belief faith. It's a word we say a lot in church. Faith. Here's, here's the dictionary definition of faith. Faith is complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It's amazing we, the things we do in faith that we don't even realize it. For example, we sat in our chairs this morning. We just sat in faith. I didn't see anybody like grab the chair and, you know, tighten the nuts and bolts. Like, we just sat in it. We just in faith. We thought, hey, it's going to hold us up. We just sat in it. We didn't think twice about it. Many of you, when you got in your cars this morning, you put your key in, turn it on, and left. My car is held up by duct tape, so I pray for my car. It's a little different. I'm like, dear Jesus, please, one more time, just get me there, right? I can't complain. It was given to me, and I'm so blessed for that. Here's how the Bible defines faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is believing in something we can't see. We can't see faith. We can only experience faith. We can see the results of faith, but it's something we can't see. I was reading in this commentary, it said it like this. God creates out of things we cannot see, both in a literal, physical sense, as well as a spiritual sense. Just because we don't understand how God will act does not mean he cannot or will not act. Just because we can't see, just because we don't understand, doesn't mean that he can't do it. That's faith. I don't understand it. I don't see it. But it doesn't mean that he can't do it. It's faith. Second Corinthians says this. Second Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith. Come on. Not by sight. By faith. Not by sight. Here's the thing about faith. Faith is one of those simple things we can talk about. It's simple, yet it's very complex. We could spend hours and hours talking about faith and debating faith and all these different things. But I'll say this about faith. Faith doesn't seem natural. Right? What's natural is we want to see things tangibly. We want to hold something. We want to see it. We, we, we want a prescription. We want to, that's natural to us. Faith isn't Natural. It doesn't seem natural. Healing doesn't seem natural to us. Miracles don't seem natural. And here's the reason why. It's because they're supernatural. They're supernatural. God doesn't need to rely on the natural. Now, I believe that God can use the natural. Listen, I believe that God can work through medicine. I believe that God can work through hospitals and doctors. I'm not opposed to those things. I think sometimes we hear teachings like if you go to the doctors, there's a lack of faith. I think sometimes it's just a lack of wisdom if you don't. Come on, God gives us a brain. We can think about these things, right? I believe that God gives them the wisdom and the things they can do. It's amazing what we can do with medicine. We're not opposed to those things. But here's the thing. God does not need to rely on man-made solutions. Listen, he is the creator of man. He breathes life into us. It says he counts and calls the stars by names. He is the creator of all things. God does not need a man-made solution. He's supernatural. Amen? That's the God that we serve. God can do all things. We just need to have faith and believe. We just have faith and believe. He's the creator of all things. Listen, Jesus, God is, Jesus is the one that causes blind eyes to see. Deaf ears to hear, the mute to speak, the crippled to walk, the dead to be raised again. That's the God that we serve. 
He's an almighty God. He's a God of the impossible. He can do all things. We just need faith and to believe. I find it interesting that story when Jesus goes to the house of Jairus. It says Jesus went to heal the girl and what he did, he's, he cleared the room. He got there and they're, they're playing the funeral music. Everybody's mourning. They're crying. And Jesus says, get him out. Get him out. He clears the room. He removed all the doubters and all the naysayers and all the mockers. Listen, when we pray, when you believe, surround yourself with people who believe. Surround yourself with people of faith. Get rid of the naysayers. Get rid of the mockers. We don't need it. My God can do all things. Get with people who believe and have faith. Like I said, faith is interesting. We talk about things like, well, how much faith do we need? What's enough faith? The Bible says mustard seed faith. And well, what's that really mean? Is it really talking about a mustard seed? And, and we have all these thoughts and we talk about faith or we talk about things like this when it comes to healing. Well, whose faith? My faith as the prayer, their faith as the one who needs prayer, our faith together. How does this work? And it's complicated. And I don't know all the answers to that. Here's what I do know is that the dead girl didn't have any faith. She was dead. It wasn't her faith. Her, faith. her father's faith is the one who said, Jesus, come on, I believe. The two blind men and the woman with the issue of bleeding, they had amazing faith. They pursued Jesus. The demon-possessed man had no faith. It was the one who brought them to Jesus. They had the faith. I don't know the answers. I don't know how that all works. And there's no formula to it. Sometimes we have to have formulas. If we do A, B, C, God will do D, right, whatever. If we put mud in our eyes, it means we can see. Listen, don't go stick mud in your eyes unless God tells you to. All right, you might cause more damage than you already have. There's no formula to it. It's just trusting and believing in him. That's the formula. It's faith. We can't see it. We can't figure it out. We just got to trust him with it. I'll give it to you this way. Asking and believing is our part. Healing is God's part. Asking and believing is our part. Healing is God's part. I think sometimes we get that wrong. We think we can heal. We think if we can just speak it enough, we can just say it loud enough, we can just not eat certain foods for long enough, right? We think we can just bring healing. Listen, you can't heal anything. I can't heal anything. I can pray in faith. I can agree with you in faith, but we can't heal. God's the one who brings the healing. We need to believe and ask. Healing is God's part, which leads me to my last point this morning is trust. They approach Jesus. They believe in Jesus. And they trusted Jesus. Faith and trust, they go hand in hand. Sometimes they're intertwined and sometimes you're almost saying the same thing. But faith and trust go hand in hand. I want to give you this illustration this morning. It's a little complicated with my one hand. But before I grab that, this, this week is... I was preparing for this message, and Pastor Brian asked me last Thursday, we were wrapping up our office hours, he said, Pastor Eric, what do you think about preaching Sunday? And in my mind, I thought, absolutely not. No way. That's, that's what I thought, I'm going to be honest. Pastor Brian, if you're watching, that's what I thought. I'm just being honest in front of everybody. Anyways. I was like, there's just no way, like, man, like, there's so much stuff going on and doing worship, and, and I was like, Speaking is not really my thing. I resigned from doing that. And I was like, no way. But inside my spirit, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I said, just suck it up. Stop being a sissy. Just do it. Right? Sometimes we just got to do things. Right? I think sometimes the church people, we make up too many excuses. 
Well, I don't know. I didn't pray about it. Let's do it. Is it something for God? Do it, right? We want to pray about everything. Like, it's good. Don't get me wrong. But come on. Sometimes we just got to step out in faith a little bit. So he approached me, and I was like, ah. And so I'm going to be honest. This week I was struggling. I was like, God, I need a word. Sunday's coming. It was Monday. And I'm like, all right, Sunday's coming. It was Tuesday. I was like, Sunday's coming. It was Wednesday. Sunday's coming. And I'm like, I got some thoughts, but, man, it's not a message yet. Thursday was coming. Like, okay, I'm starting to feel the crunch a little bit. It's coming really quick. And then Friday I was at home, and I'm like, oh, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, God, I know you want to speak. I know you want to talk about this. And, but, God, I'm not sure exactly what to say. And, and it was so much so I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I got to go lay down. Friday is my day off, and it was about 5 o'clock, and I was like, I got to go lay down. I was like, I'm tired. My brain's exhausted. And so I was like, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. I'm just going to lay down, and I'm literally going to rest in his presence. Sometimes we got to rest in his presence. Amen? Sometimes we just got to slow down. Sometimes we just got to stop and say, God, I just need your presence. I don't need to figure it out. I don't need to write a pretty message. God, I just need your presence. I just need you to speak to me. So I lay there, and I was kind of zoning in and out. The kids are running around the house, and and I woke up, and I had this, this thought of a kite. And I don't know why, but I had this thought of the kite. So I thought I'd bring a kite in this morning. I actually stole this from one of my kids. And I don't know if me stealing his kite makes me a bad dad or the fact that I never took it outside and showed him how to use it. I don't know which one's worse. But anyways, I took his kite. It's a very lovely kite, I guess. It's a very cheap kite. Um, and I had this image of the kite. I want to explain something. I believe that God's going to set somebody free this morning. There's a truth in this illustration. But I saw this kite, and here's what I thought about. We're talking about faith this morning. We're talking about believing, and, and I think here's what happens. Our, our faith is a lot like this kite. We, we put it together. We put the string on. Like, all right, God, we know the right things. We're going to pray. We're going to believe that, God, you're going to answer a prayer. That, God, you're going to do something. So we get ready, and, and we're all ready. We've got all things to go. we got our Bible ready to go. we got our coffee. We're going to believe. We're going to start praying. We have prayer meetings, whatever it may be. And we say, God, we got it all figured out. We're going to start pursuing you in this way. We're going to believe in faith. And what happens is we take this kite, which represents us, and we're like, God, we're going to believe. And we start praying, like, God, i got faith to believe. God, you're going to do something amazing in my life. God, you're going to bring healing. God, you're going to answer prayers. I'm going to read your word, and I'm going to go to Bible studies. And I'm going to soap every single day, and I'm going to believe. And I'm not going to have any doubt. And I'm going to hang on to this thing. And God, I'm going to believe that you're going to do the miraculous. And God, you can change things, and you can do miracles today, and you bring healing. And we go, 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 and we run back and forth. And we say, God, this is it. God, you're going to do this, and we're growing. And but things aren't changing, but we're going to still press in. God, we claim this. We speak this thing. It's going to happen. We go, and we go, and we go, and we go, and things don't change. And what happens is we go, and we go, and you're like me. We get winded, and we begin to get tired, and we begin to get discouraged. And we begin to get weary. And here's what happens a lot of times. We believe and we don't see things change. And we, we still want to make it happen. God, come on. Come on, God. Just take this thing. Get this cut. Make it fly. Make it happen. Come on, God. And what happens is this. Some, hear me this morning. Somebody hear me this morning. Is that we begin to replace faith with fear. We begin to replace faith with fear. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor? What are you talking about? What happens is this, we begin no longer to have faith in God. We start having faith in our own ability. God, I can pray harder. God, I can pray louder. God, I can speak this thing to existence. And we begin no longer to have faith in God. We start having faith in ourselves. And what God says is this, God says, I want you to release it to me. You're praying for me to take it, but you don't want to let go of it. You want me to answer that prayer, but you won't give it to me. You want to keep your grip on it. 
I tell you what, releasing sometimes is the greatest step of faith. That thing you might be going through, man, you've been carrying it like 12 years like this woman. You've been carrying this thing. You've been carrying this thing. You've been trying to do everything you can in your own power. Just release it to him. That loved one who's going through a health issue, like you're trying to make it happen in your own strength, give it to him. Release it to him. But here's the thing. We go so far and we begin to make it our own faith. We start having our own confidence in ourselves or lack of. We no longer trust God. We want to trust in ourselves that we can make it happen. And I know why. It's because we have fear. Because we're afraid. Let me show you why, how this works out. We're afraid. It's like, listen, I got faith. I got faith. Let me give you some string here. God, I believe you're going to do this thing. And we, we get all ready to go. And we've been praying in faith, believing that God's going to do this. God, you can do it. God, you can do it. I'm going to release it to you. And that's what we're afraid of. This is what we're afraid of. If I release it to God, what happens if it doesn't take flight? If I give it to God, what if they don't get healed? What if my prayers not answer the way I want it to be prayed? And we get fearful because we, then we start having doubt because we think, God, we must have failed somewhere. Listen, I've known so many people who've prayed for things and they didn't answer. The answer didn't happen the way they wanted to and they carry so much guilt and shame. They start saying things like this. If I would have had enough faith, they would have been healed. If they would have had enough faith, they would have been healed. If I could have done this more, if I could have prayed harder, if I would have fasted more, they would have been healed. And they carry all this on themselves. And God didn't say to carry. He says, cast it to me. Cast your burdens to me. Give your prayers to me. It's not about me. It's about my faith believing. But he's the healer. And some of us get stuck in that. I want to tell you, you're free this morning. Give it to him. Yes, we're going to pray. Yes, we're going to believe. But ultimately, healing is God's part. we got to give it to him. Release it to him. We like to hang on to it. We like to have a grip on those things. It's no longer faith then. It's fear. God wants us to operate in fear. It takes more faith to let go and trust God. We have some family friends who are in that situation. Their family, actually their family at Bethany, if you've been here long enough at Bethany, you know the, the Gillen family, Mike and Karen Gillen and their three kids. It was about 10 years ago, Mike was diagnosed with cancer. And we are at Brooklyn Assembly of God with Pastor Steve Samack. Pastor Steve used to be the youth pastor here. He was actually my youth pastor. It's kind of crazy how this all works out. Pastor Steve was my youth pastor. Then years ago, I came on staff with Pastor Steve in Brooklyn. And uh, Mike was... He was a, a board member at the church, and the spiritual team there at the church. Amazing guy. Loved the Lord, loved his kids, loved his wife, loved people in his community. But he was diagnosed with cancer. And we were praying, and we were believing for God to heal him desperately. I can recall the prayer nights. I can recall going to Mike's house, and, and we would bring our instruments, and, and we would do worship in his house, and just on our knees praying, seeking God desperately for, to bring healing. Fasting and praying. I remember eventually Mike had a surgery and things were cleared up. He was in remission and things were looking good. And we, we celebrated, man, it's happening. He's free of cancer. It's gone. And I remember not too shortly after that, it came back stronger. I said, God, we're just going to believe again. We're going to believe. We're going to do all the right things. God, you're going to bring healing. And 
We ran with it, and we ran with it, and we ran with it. And it was, it was, it was actually, in my own personal life, it was consuming me. God, I don't want to see Mike go. I love this man. I love his family. His kids are in our youth group, and they were part of our family. And I'd say, God, we, why would you take Mike? He's, he's so young, and he's, he's such a great man of God, and there's so many great things you still have planned in his life. I know it, and, and I wrestled with it. And I was hanging on to that thing, and I wrestled with it, and I wrestled with it, and eventually I felt, God, I need to give it to you. God, I trust you with it. I would like to say that Mike's still with us, but Mike passed away. About six months after that, Mike passed away. And I remember that feeling. Like, why? How could this be? That I remember the guilt and the shame. I started feeling like, God, maybe I didn't trust enough. Maybe, maybe that releasing was me. Just not, it was just doubt. Maybe I was just doubting that you could do it. Maybe if I would have had enough faith, maybe I would have done this thing. Maybe I should have went back in that room and just spoke over his body and God, bring him back to life. And, and I started thinking all these things in my mind and I started killing this, this, this guilt and the shame. And I thought of this, Proverbs 3, verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Depend not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Listen, I don't understand why healing doesn't always happen. I wish I did. I wish I knew why. But it doesn't mean I stop praying. It doesn't mean that I stop believing. It doesn't mean that God is bad. It doesn't mean that God can't heal still today. Just because we don't see it in everything in our lives, we got to understand that God is still miraculous. God is still good. God is still a healer. We can still pray and believe, Amen. God is still healing today. God is still restoring bodies today. God is still bringing things back to life. Here's the thing. When we get to this moment here, maybe that didn't happen that time. Or maybe it hasn't happened yet. Here's the beauty about it. We can just pick it up and say, God, all right, God, let's try it again. God, we're still believing. God, you're still going to do something. God, I still believe it. It didn't happen that time, but God, it can happen this time. Listen, God, if you did it before, you can do it again. God, if you did it for him, you can do it for them, right? We still believe. But we got to trust God and let God be God. I'm going to ask our prayer team, would you come forward this morning? We're going to pray. I want two things I want to pray about this morning. Before we pray, I want to tell you this. I believe we need to ask God for healing. Big or small. It could be the little cut on your hand. It could be that hangnail. <laughs> It could be cancer, whatever it is. Big or small, it doesn't matter to God. God has good things for his children. I believe that. I believe that we can have faith and trust God. But sometimes we talk about healing. We get so focused on healing. And I, I understand. Nobody wants to go through sickness. No one wants to see a loved one go through something. I understand these things. But sometimes we make it our priority. We make it our only focus. Can I tell you something? Physical healing on earth is only temporary. Physical healing on earth is only temporary. Unless the Lord returns, all of us eventually will pass away. All of us will. The Bible describes like this. It says our life is like a vapor. You ever take a a spray bottle and and just goes away? It says it's here one second and gone the next. This life is so precious. And it's short. And sometimes we get so focused just on the healing part of it. Can I tell you something? God is concerned about our our physical bodies. But you know what he's more concerned about? is our eternity. 
our eternity. This life will come and go. Eternity is forever. Forever. This morning, maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're in this room, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're watching another time, and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He wants, to, he wants you to be into his kingdom. He says he's in heaven. He prepares a place for us. He says he, he sits at the right hand of the Father. And we can be with him for eternity in heaven, a place where there's no more pain, where there's no more sorrow, where there's no more sickness, where there's no more suffering. That's the place we're going to, church. Listen, listen, our healing here on earth is only temporary, but that's eternal. Maybe you don't know Jesus, and today is your opportunity to come back to life spiritually. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking at your heart. Can we pray? Would you bow your head this morning? The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus' death on the cross gives us eternal life with him in heaven. This morning, maybe you're here and you're in this room and maybe you're listening online and the Spirit's just speaking to your heart. God cares about your needs here on this earth. But greater than that, he cares about your soul. He cares about your eternity. I'm just going to ask, everybody in this room this morning, and they say, you know what, I, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You guys sing about it. You talked about it. But man, I want that in my life. I, I want to know that my eternity will be with him. And regardless of my life situations or circumstances, that I will have eternity with Jesus in heaven, in a perfect place in a perfect relationship with him. The Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Anybody in this place? I just want to pray with you. Anybody in this place this morning? Anybody in this place? Online, if that's you, if you're watching, can you just comment in the comment section? Somebody will pray with you. I just want to pray. Maybe somebody's watching this video this morning or maybe another time, or maybe there wasn't a hand that was raised. There's no, there's no real formula to it. We don't say the right words. There's no magic words. We say, it says, we confess with our mouth and we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And on the third day, he was rose from that grave. And we ask him to forgive our sin. It says, he takes our sins away. He makes us new. He takes away the guilt and the shame. And if that's you, if you're listening to this, I just want to pray this prayer over you. You can pray a prayer similar to this. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I thank you that you take away my guilt and my shame. And Lord, you prepare a place for me in heaven. Lord, I give my life to you. Lord, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, the Bible says, when someone gives their life to Christ, all heaven rejoices. Come on. We celebrate with people this morning. Come on. Lives are changed for eternity. People are brought back to life this morning. Last thing I want to do this morning is this. I want to pray for healing this morning. Some of you guys have doctor's reports that aren't good. You have loved ones who are sick. Right now, I can name a rat off a whole bunch of people in my life right now going through sickness. And I believe that God can bring healing. I believe that God wants to restore these things. Listen, it's defeated. Not only did it defeat hell and sin in the grave. Listen, he conquered sickness. By his stripes, we are healed. Come on.
I believe that. God is still doing miracles today. God is still healing people today. I believe that. Come on. If you have a need this morning, I want, here's what I want you to do. If you have a need this morning, you just raise your hand. All this place. You got a need this morning. Come on. Come on. Let's believe it this morning. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for every hand that's raised, for every need that's represented this morning. God, I know the doctor report says this, but God, you are the great physician. God, you don't work in supernatural ways. God, you work in supernatural ways. God, you can do the impossible. Lord, I pray for cancer to be gone. Lord, I pray for disease to be gone. Lord, I pray for healing this morning. God, you are the one that causes blind eyes to see and deaf ears to hear and the mute to speak and the cripple to walk and the dead to be raised again. Lord, we believe it this morning. And God, I pray for these hands that are raised this morning, that God, you would meet them where they're at, that God, we would have faith to believe and trust in you this morning, that God, we release these things to you, and God, we let God be God. God, you are the healer. God, we will just continue to believe. And Lord, I pray as we do that, we will see the miraculous happen, lives be changed, things be brought to life, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for COVID to be gone. Lord, I pray for sickness to be gone. Lord, I pray that we'd walk in faith. Lord, I pray that even when we're praying and maybe we don't see that thing happening, that, God, we wouldn't be discouraged, but, Lord, we'd be encouraged to know that you are God and we continue to walk with you, that, God, we will continue to be in a, a passionate pursuit of you, that, God, we won't give up, that, God, we'll have that faith that says she's not dead, she's only sleeping. It's just a moment. It's just a season. But God, when you come into the picture, you change everything. You change everything. Lord, we believe it. We declare it in your name. Jesus, in your name, we sing about this morning. There's power in your name. There's power in your name this morning. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. There's power in his name this morning. In the name of Jesus, there's power in your name. Lord, we declare it in this place. We declare it this place this morning. Lord, we submit these things to you. And Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise this morning. In your holy name. Come on, can we say amen this morning?